Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Okay, so let's get into the word. Father, we thank you. We're grateful because it's such a joy. We focus on your living word, your word that is powerful, that is alive, that is active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The one that discerns the intents and the purposes of the heart. Lord, as we start this new teaching, you've already sent your word. And it's a word of restoration. It's a word of healing. So we ask, Father, we, we submit our hearts to you. That you would surgically operate. You would remove everything that is not of you. So let your word come in simplicity and accuracy today. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Let it do an internal and an eternal work in righteousness. Let it transform. All of this and more we ask that our souls and our spirits will be nourished today in the heart of the matter. Um, and it's exciting because I know it's February, it's Valentine's, and so some people have come to church expecting a love discussion. Some people have decided to sit at home expecting a love discussion. And because they are not in a relationship, they do not want any sort of tension or pressure. But I am happy to announce to you that this particular teaching covers all. Please let me tell someone, it covers all. It covers all. So not just relationship, because that is not solely the focus. This conversation is centered on a deeper relationship and a deeper work with God. You see, because the more of God you know, the more like Him you become, the better it is you can interact with men. The better it is you are able to love. The better it is you can be a spouse scripture this entire month and um, beyond and addressing specifics because God wants to do a surgery in our hearts so it's the heart of the matter and this morning I'm just going to do a quick introduction and from next week we'll go into um, some of these specifics but please follow me and just um, be with me as we go along 1st Samuel 17 32 David says or scripture says then David said to Saul let no man's heart fail because of him your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Now, backstory: this was a conversation David would have with Saul in the valley of Elah, where Goliath was threatening the Israelites. And the Israeli army, unfortunately, were unable to stand up to this huge, humongous giant. There is the heart of fear, which we already addressed this morning, the heart of cowardice or cowardice, and there's a heart of bravery and strength. And when we started this year, one of the things God said to us is your year of your unusual elevation. We've received a word. We've spoken extensively about how to appropriate that word and what that word means to us as individuals, in our individuals, um, individual circumstances. But there are things that can prevent the activation of God's word, the manifestation of promises that we've received. And we found from scripture that it is the state of our hearts. 
And so that's what we're focusing on this month, the state of our hearts. If you go on to Mark chapter 4, verses 15, I'll read verse 15 and then I'll read verses 19 to 20 very quickly. I would have loved for us to read, but we don't have so much time. Verse 15, path represents those who hear the message, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. Verse 16, what is sown on gravel represents those who hear the message and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately wilt and fall away. And what is sown among, the, among thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this world, of this life, and the seduction of wealth, the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the message so that it produces nothing. Can we read together the last portion? But what is sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the message and live and their lives bear good fruits. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100. You know, the different types there. So there is the state of the heart where the word is sown, but it is snatched away. There is the heart posture that does not allow the word stay in. So you've received unusual elevation. You've received Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 5. Arise, shine, for your light is come. The glory of God is risen upon you. You've received all these amazing things. So in the course of the 22-day fast, God has spoken to you, given you a word, told you very specific stuff regarding your job, regarding your marriage, regarding your family, regarding your finances. But Jesus shows us the condition of the heart where such word is snatched away. There's another state where the heart fails to sink deep roots. It is not tender enough for the word to sink in and for it to begin to, for, for it to, uh, you know, follow through with its process. It's sown among thorns. So there is the state of the heart that there is even no room. There is no room because thorns have grown in there. Those thorns represent the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. That heart is choked, is full, is occupied. And there is no room for the word of God to take root, for the promises of God to be activated. But it then shows us a different type of heart. It says, what is sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the message. So hearts that are receptive, hearts whose lives produce fruits. The human heart, the human heart has the capacity to incubate thoughts. So when you think about the mind as the center of knowledge, your heart has the capacity to incubate thoughts. Now you can see these pictures here. Every Sunday when you come to us here, you can see they all have smiles on their faces like you and I do. You know, can we please indulge me and celebrate, um, let's appreciate Gabrielle for sharing her God experience. I was going to do that but I just got into the mix of just praying, you know, for everyone. But Gabby is someone I've known for quite a long while now, and I'm familiar with her journey, and I'm grateful to God for everything he's doing through her, through her life. But you see, this is how you and I look most of the time, maybe not all of the time. Some people are not great at masking their feelings. 
but it looks like all is well, right, from the smiles. When people ask you, how are you doing? The natural response is, I'm fine, I'm okay. Meanwhile, deep down, you are not fine. You are not okay. You are, that are not healthy or wholesome. This is what we look like. But as we do a deep dive over the next couple weeks, God would realign and he will build. He will rebuild hearts again. He would heal hearts again. Because one of the things that he said to us is that there is a lot of pain. People are dealing with a lot of pain. People are dealing with a lot of pain. And you, he, he doesn't want you, scripture speaks about us prospering even as our soul prospers. Our prosperity in life, and when I say prosperity, and I'm not speaking about just financial or material wealth, but our prosperity in life, our all-round wellness and wholeness is dependent on the state of our hearts, the state of our souls, how well our emotions are, how well we're faring emotionally, and these are the things we seek to address. So we've spoken about those states of the hearts and evil thoughts in your hearts. Jesus deciphered that it's not enough to show up and put up an appearance. It's almost as though like that scripture that speaks about, you know, having a form of godliness but de denying its power thereof. So you put up an appearance, but what's going on internally is so far removed from the things that your lips are professing and from how you look. So the heart's capacity to incubate thoughts, capacity for decision-making and exercising will. Acts 11.23, when he came, this is Paul, and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. So your heart has the capacity to discern and to exercise will. The question is, how are you exercising will? What, are your what is your decision-making pattern or process? No one will take from you. Then lastly, the capacity to act as a guide. So it's the seat of your conscience, your heart. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I know I've read through a lot of scripture, but I need you to just follow me. Okay, so matters of the heart are the heart of the matter. is essentially what we're going for. The heart is the fountain of the issues of life. Scripture speaks about us guarding our hearts with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. We need to check our hearts periodically. So can you please help me ask someone, you know, before you do the asking, what typically comes to mind? How many people do, well, I was going to ask how many people get heart checks, but I realized that it's not some, we usually don't check the state of our hearts until there's a problem, right? That's the natural human, how many people do, ECGs in, during your medical exams. Hearts, the, the health of your human heart is how we're saying you need to prioritize the health of your spiritual heart. So please, can you help me ask someone, is your heart healthy? Is your heart healthy? And when you think about heart, I don't want you to think about just that organ, you know, that red looking organ that has like things sticking out. That's not what I'm asking you to think about right now. It's okay if as a placeholder, that's the picture that you have in mind. That's fine. So we're not saying how red is that organ, how well is it functioning. It's important to know how well your, your, your heart is functioning. But we're doing a, a spiritual ECG in this season. 
where we are che checking to make sure that there, there, there isn't debris, there, isn't, there aren't drosses, there aren't things that would prevent us from fully living the lives that we've been called to because of unhealthy hearts. Okay? So, peace, promotion, jackpot, work-life balance, heartbreak, guilt, endless. Please give me other words that can fit in there. Cashless, ca ca cashless negos, romance, what else? Petrol scarcity. Uh, please, the people in their abroad, they don't understand the people are talking about. They can't relate. But we get the picture. There are different things coming at you. So how healthy is your heart? For some, it is family drama. And it is taking its toll on you. For some, it's a health challenge. It's taking its toll on you. For some, it's a wicked boss. It is tough work demands and challenges taking its toll on you. For some, it is a relationship that you need to extricate yourself out of. You need to remove yourself, but you have not received wisdom to do that. You will receive in life in general, so be it in marriage. If you are unhealthy, if your heart is unhealthy, if it is filled with the wrong type of emotions, you cannot be in an okay husband or an okay wife. Kole walk. Because you, somebody will bear the brunt of the, all of the mess that you're dealing with. And most often than not, because you know that you, you, can't, you can't go off on your boss, you will lose your job. It's usually our spouse that takes the heat. Something I say to the people that I counsel in marriage, there's a way we give, I had to learn that in my marriage. You give the best part of yourself to everybody and you then bring the dregs to your spouse, expecting that they would understand. And our spouses understand. But you cannot keep giving dregs every time. That is not a healthy marriage. Heart am I carrying is the question. What type of heart am I carrying? Again, is my heart healthy? Jesus would speak to his disciples, giving this parable in Matthew 12, verses 34 and 35. It says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. So note the good, yeah, used three times. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart. So it's not enough to be just a good man. It is that his treasures you've been laying up to are equally good. It is that the deposits in your heart are equally good. It means that you are not necessarily, it's not as though life isn't coming at you. It's not like that whole circle that we saw there. You know, the things coming at you, the bills, you know, the drama, work issues, work-life balance, health challenges, marital drama, relationship drama. It's not as though it's not coming at you. What we're solving for is how to shield your heart, how to insulate your heart, irrespective of these things. So produce what? So if you are giving bad right now, I did not say it to, but think about it. If all that is coming out of you is evil, bad thoughts, evil thoughts, it means that your heart is unhealthy. Proverbs 4, 22, verse 23, Amplified Translation says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. As a man thinketh in his heart, popular scripture, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. As you think, so are you. As you think, so are you. Somebody needs to continue to chant that so that they remember. As I think, so am I. So if the quality of my thoughts 
are evil, if the quality of my thoughts are not producing life, it means that is ultimately who I am. An apple tree cannot produce orange fruits, right? So it's the transformation of our minds, the renewal of our minds, which ultimately transforms our lives. So it means that what I think needs to change if the quality of my thoughts are things that are more likely to produce death. What I mean by death is nothing grows. There's no fruitfulness. I only see the worst in people. I see the worst in Nigeria. I'm not sure anything good can change. I see the worst in my spouse. I only remember the things that they don't do well. I struggle to see the things that they do well and appreciate the things that they do well. For those who are married, and for those who are dating, looking to getting married, you have come into that relationship with the drama from the previous relationship, which is why we advise, heal before you deal. Do not carry the baggage from a previous relationship, and because that's how men behave. I know that people from this particular tribe, that's how they are. They're very stingy, they're very wicked. I know that, uh, let me just arrange myself and make sure that I'm earning enough because, you know, let me just protect myself just in case. We spoke last week about speaking life and gaining divine perspective on issues. This is also buttressing and reinforcing that point that we need to see differently. As you think, so are you. Ephesians 6, 16 says, lift up, above all, lift up, I'm reading the Amplified Translation, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Lift up. Above all, lift up. It's interesting that we are quick to protect. Type and type and type and type. Somebody was doing that one day. I said, ah, the password has not finished. You lock up, you, 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 you protect the things that can, are today and are gone tomorrow. But when it comes to your heart, the quality of your decisions, the people you give your heart to, you are not as protective. Can we take this confession together? I have a healthy and productive heart. My heart is a field that the Lord has blessed. I have the shield of faith around my heart. My heart is safe and kept by the grace of God. My heart is excellent. My heart is excellent soil for the word of God to be planted. I bring forth my fruit in due season and in multiple folds against the heat of persecution and the thief of the planted word. My heart is a factory for divine imagination, godly ideas, conversation, in Jesus' name. So over the next four weeks, we will consider four major enemies of the hearts. First, to make sure that they have no place in our hearts and that our hearts are available and rightly positioned for God's work in us and through us. How many people are excited about that? fantastic. Even if you are not excited, we will still teach it. It's okay. So quickly as I wrap up, three ways that we can keep our hearts healthy. One, 
is to keep your heart strong by feeding on the Word of God. And we've created opportunities for you to do this. Here at LifePoint, just for the benefit of anyone who hasn't been in church in a while or it's your first time. We currently are having Bible study groups for two weeks or so. So please, please, please join us and let's study God's Word together. So you keep your heart healthy by constantly feeding it with God's Word. Reminding yourself of God's promises. Seeing it as he has written it concerning you so that you can appropriate it into your life. That's how you keep your heart healthy. So for those who exercise a lot, um, one of the exercises I realized, and I can attest to that, not as one who exercises a lot, but as one who used to, um, and I had a personal trainer. One of the things that I hated doing was cardios. Okay, so I found my fellow brethren, we're in the same WhatsApp group. I do not like cardio, because I just feel like I enjoy boxing. So what my trainer would do is, he would use the boxing as a carrot. So he would tell me, we'll do X number of reps if you can do this, you know. So because I want to box, I would end up meal, you know, and my, I'm doing ellipticals, and my heart is just pumping, you know. But the doctor says it's good for us. Now, I've referenced that because one of the things that people say a lot is studying God's word is boring. But it's good for you. It is important for your growth and your well-being. If you don't know what the maker of your life has said concerning, has documented, if you've not trained yourself to be able to study and to, 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 to hear from him through his written word, then how are you going to be able to figure out your life? We heard some of the things that Gabby said. But it takes intentionality to sit with God's word. I will say we've created an opportunity for that for you. Join us and let's study scripture together. At least start with us for the next two weeks. Be a part of, of, of this move, okay? It's very important. So a healthy diet of the scriptures is critical to preventing heart attacks because things will keep coming at your life. But the shield of faith, if you don't know what God's word says concerning faith, if you don't know what God's promises are, then you will suffer attacks unduly. And I know someone is thinking, well, but I know people who have sat with the word and it looks like they're still dealing with stuff. They're dealing with pain and all that. Come to Bible study on, on, on Wednesday. We'll talk about that a bit more, okay? Um, I need to move on. So what is your planned word diet for 2023? What is my planned word diet? You know how doctors say you have to have a balanced diet? The Word of God is a balanced meal. How are you planning to get into the Word? How many books of the Bible will you study? How many character studies will you do from Scripture? Who are you? You've heard us talk about Joseph, spoken about Paul, we've spoken about Daniel. Who do you want to study this year? What is your planned Word diet? What is life throwing at you that you need to sit with God? Are you dealing with hopelessness? I promise you, your heart strong by feeding it with what? The Word of God. The second thing is to keep your heart cleansed by the washing of the blood. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Chapter 10 of same Hebrews, verse 22 says, Let us now draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. The blood of Jesus will underestimate its potency. But one of its power, or one of its works, is to clean us. 
So you're dealing with guilt. The blood is available to cleanse you. You're dealing with fear, whatever it is. You see, because here's how you think about the blood. The blood is for those who are, um, well, I mean, I, I would assume we're all Nigerians, but you're familiar with the concept of offering sacrifices and things like that. Even if you've never, scripture says that he, he who knew no sin, he took on sin just for you and I. He went on that cross so that we, through him, will be made whole. We, through him, will be, he took on poverty so that we would be rich. He took on all of that pain so that you and I will be healed and we will be made whole. So, the, Jesus is referred in scripture as the mediator of the new covenant. What that means is he's the one who has the responsibility of reconciling us back to God because of, by reason, simply by reason of the sacrifice that he made. And so, if you and I are not leveraging the potency of the blood, if you go and read Old Testament in scripture, Genesis, where God was going to send the angel of death to take out the Egyptians, what he told them was to take blood and put it, apply it on their lintel. You and I need to apply the blood of Jesus over our lives. There is no room for fear. You see, because we bear in our bodies the marks of Christ. There is no room for fear. Scripture speaks about our consciousness being seared with hot iron. So, well, not ours, some certain types of people. That is a desensitization because your compass has been placed there, you know, uh, the conscience has been placed as a moral compass by God. But it has become desensitized. And what that means essentially is you are no longer, you become numb to evil. So you see evil, and evil already starts to look like good. Why? Because you have perpetually done things a certain way. So let me say this very quickly. Guys, I know that it is fun and fancy, and it's the way of the world now. You, well, from time immemorial, but it looks like right now, no chills, to have F bodies, to have, um, fill in the blank if you don't know what that means, you can ask me after service, to have, um, multiple girlfriends, you know, friends with benefits, and things like that. And your belief is when I get saved for the women. You have trained yourself certain type of, do we have children in the room? If you have, if you have a, what's the word now? Do we want to enter this space today? There's no time, there's no time. I'm worried because if we get into it, I, I, I suspect, but I think somebody is pulling it out, so I'll just say it. You have a very high sexual appetite right now. You're not married. You're sleeping with different people because not one person is good enough. First of all, that's, I mean, you, I, I don't need to overemphasize the point that you are wrong. You are very wrong because that's fornication. You're not supposed to be sleeping with anybody. But aside that, it's when you get married, you are only going to marry one man, not multiple men. And so how are you going to deal with it then? What you struggle to, you know, scripture speaks about self-control, being a fruit of the spirit. What you tracing that practice, that lifestyle, a lifestyle of celibacy, a lifestyle of integrity, where you're faithful to one and not multiple. I mean, you pick this one's call. You are in Joss, this one, you are in the UK, you are just flying in. That as in, who are you? <laughs> when you are not Denzel Washington or what is going on here? Just be confusing all the women. And women, see, if you fall, if you fall into the traps of such a man, it's on you. I'm not even going to mince words, it is on you. Because your spiritual antenna has to be active. Eh? 
so that when they call you one day, they, your name is Ronke, they call you Joke. Hey baby, Joke, how are you? You will just know. You will know what's up. Or the Holy Spirit, ah, don't worry, we'll talk about it. You can come and see me in camera if you are feeling like that. I will tell you how the Holy Spirit is just give you intel. Unsolicited intel. They will call you and tell you, for real guys, what you are not currently dealing with now. There's no point saying to yourself, in the next five years, oh, I will build stamina for it. No, it doesn't work like that. Ask the married people in the room. It doesn't work that way. So lastly, keep your heart growing by developing the fruit of the Spirit. Now that's very closely related to the first one. You need to keep your heart growing by developing the fruit of the Spirit. See, when you study the Word, the Word transforms you. It enables the fruits. See, the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in your regenerated human spirit. And we see that in Galatians 5. It speaks about the fruit of the Spirit and the result of God's presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So can we just bow our heads this morning and ask God, I present my heart before you, that Lord, you would do a quick walk in my heart. You will transform me and you will make me more like you. That my heart is healthy. My heart is productive. My heart is strong. And I'm equally tender. Someone needs to pray for tenderness of heart. That Father, my heart is tender towards you. Where the seed of your word will take roots within me, producing a harvest of righteousness in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for the work you have begun in our midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to expound this word in our hearts all through this week. And as we begin to deal with the emotions over the next four weeks, Spirit of God, we submit our hearts to you. We lay our hearts on this surgical um, operating table that, Father, you will break us. That is our prayer this morning. We prayed it at midweek service on Wednesday. But again, we say, Father, break us. Everything that is not of you, everything that doesn't represent you, we ask, Lord, that you will remove. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being in church this morning. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God be gracious to you in Jesus' Thank you name. For listening. Amen. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.